0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the John Strzelecki Audio Experience. Everyone, welcome to this week's episode. This is one of our appetizer-sized portions of the program where I take a single concept from fans, or a concept I've been thinking about, and record a short piece about it. This one is actually a combination in that many of you have been asking about ways to reduce stress and find greater satisfaction in your daily lives. And also, at the same time, I just went through a process which I will describe shortly which was very positive as it relates to those things. So, let's get started. The premise I started from is that what would it take to have more joy, less stress, and greater satisfaction with life every day? And could the answer to that be more simple than we may realize? And the answer is yes, it actually can be. And part of the solution is by leveraging our ability to let go. Now, when I was reflecting on this, I was especially interested uh, because the idea of moving our life in a new and positive direction is usually supported by exercises to help figure out what new things we're going to add to our existence. I do that through the Big Five for Life work, and I do that a lot. And that's very powerful. Equally powerful, though, and often overlooked as I was preparing to think about this and working on this, this segment, is identifying what we're going to let go of in our lives. So let me share with you three tips for where letting go can help you reduce stress and find greater satisfaction with your life. Tip number one, possessions. Everything has energy. Everything is energy. We know this on a scientific level, right? Physical things are really a collection of molecules, which are a collection of atoms, which are a collection of protons, neutrons, and electrons, and a whole lot of empty space. Now, the way in which all of these are arranged causes items to look different and feel different. Their arrangement in our lives can also cause us to feel different too because at their core, they're all energy. And we feel that energy. When you walk into a closet crammed with items and overflowing with disorder, how do you feel? Even if you can't name it, do you sense tension of some sort or anxiety? Interestingly, have you ever noticed that in stores where they're selling furniture, home decorating options, they never have the closets overflowing and disorderly? As a matter of fact, they don't even have them full. Why? Because the tension and anxiety that creates makes us uncomfortable. We want to get away from it, not purchase more of it. So from the store's perspective, that's something to avoid. Well, applying this realization to our lives can reap some great rewards because when we allow our environment that is causing tension, stress, and discomfort to exist, we put ourselves in an almost permanent state of wanting to flee, And constantly feeling like we want to flee from our own lives, as you can imagine, is highly detrimental to living an amazing life. Now, there are many different strategies to use regarding letting go of possessions. I like to keep things very simple. So here's two strategies that I use, which are very easy to do, very easy to implement. I recommend doing them together, which will make perfect sense once you've listened to me explain them. So first strategy. Adopt a personal standard in your life that if something comes into the house, then something of equivalent size has to go out. I first came up with this because, in raising my daughter at Christmas time when she was very little, as you would imagine, a lot of presents come in. Grandparents are very generous. As parents, we were generous. Santa was generous. And that brought a whole lot of stuff into the house. And so the deal that I made in looking at the stuff was that, okay, we're either going to get massively cluttered or I need to come up with something that works here. And so the, the thing that I put in place was that however many presents she received, the day after Christmas, so after she had the joy of opening everything and excited about everything, the day after Christmas, she was responsible for going through her old toys and finding the same amount of things as she received of equal size and those would go into the donation bin. Now, the interesting thing about this was coming up with the, of equal size. Because when I first came up with the idea, I said, okay, so why don't you count how many presents you got? And, you know, okay, 10, 15, whatever the number was. Okay, so we need to come up with that many toys that we're going to donate. And it was super funny because literally the first year that I did this, I think she had 17 toys or 17 presents. And so I said, okay, so you need to find 17 things And so she came back and she had like these tiny little figurines or the smallest stuffed animals. And so it was very obvious to me that a size equivalent was a very important element of this. Now, implementing a similar practice in our lives ensures that any clutter we have can't get worse. And this is actually really powerful to have as a guiding principle in our lives at the moment that we are acquiring stuff to this concept is so powerful. Because you know that point where you're deciding, should I buy it? Should I not buy it? Well, just realizing that in addition to bringing this new item into your life, that there will be a related decision about getting rid of something equivalent can be very helpful in enabling us to authentically determine whether this new thing is actually that important to us. I don't know about you, but... Sometimes it's actually the thrill of the buying, which is what inspires me to acquire more and more things. Having and using them doesn't really mean that much in the long term, and often uh, there can be lots of mental storylines associated with the act of buying. I talk about that a lot in my first book, The Cafe on the Edge of the World, how depending on where we're at in life, that the acquisition can feel like a reward to compensate us for working so hard or to cover up another area of pain in our life. But if we're not careful, the joy of the acquisition is very short compared to the duration of the pain and stress and tension that all the acquiring creates. So, by having this simple little filter in our minds, it can give us just that appropriate few seconds to pause and reflect a little bit and ask ourselves, why are we really acquiring this new thing that we're acquiring. Now, strategy two will help you eliminate any overflow which already exists. So that was strategy one, this is strategy two. It also is very simple to implement. Starting today, find two things and get rid of them. It can be anything, and it can be of any size for this one, by the way. Maybe you've got clothes, maybe it's an old magazine that's been sitting there for a year and a half, a pair of shoes you haven't worn in over two years, Pick any two things and get rid of them. Donate them if you want and can. Recycle them if possible. Throw them away. Give them to somebody else. It doesn't matter the process that you use to get rid of it, but they do have to leave the house and can't just be temporarily relocated to the garage, the basement, or stuffed in an alternate closet. After you've done that for today, then tomorrow and every day for the next 90 days, find two more things and get rid of those also. What you will find is that this is an incredibly freeing process. Closets tend to be a great place to start for this because almost everyone has some piece of clothing that they never wear, but never quite seem to dispose of either. Closets are also great because they serve as a really good barometer for our overall life. A closet which has space is usually owned by a person who has space in their life too. Space like time to think, time to read, time to contemplate, time to create, grow, learn, share. That's important space. And lives like these tend to be more calm, more relaxed, and more free of tension. And that's the whole goal here. I have one other example for you, which was brought up to me by Skip, as you all know from the program. And that is that It's so often that we combine things in life, and yet we don't necessarily think about the impact of that in our space. And the laughable example that I think probably most of us can relate to is if you opened up your kitchen cabinets and looked at the amount of cups or mugs that you have, compared to the number of people that you have living in the house, the ratio is usually quite extraordinary. Like it would take an entire week or more for everybody in the house to use a different cup, a different mug, and you're still probably not through all the ones that are there. And often the reason for that is because we have a combination of effects in our lives. We meet someone, like we've already got a place, right? We're living in our apartment or in a house, and we've got enough that is appropriate or maybe even more than enough that's appropriate for our life. And then we meet someone and then we combine forces, like they move in or we move into their place and we bring all our stuff or they bring all their stuff. And we never quite look at the cups or the mugs and say, okay, so how much is really enough? So that's a really kind of interesting, very common example, which I think brings home the point that, yeah, there's definitely opportunity there to get rid of some stuff and clean up some space and open that environment for us to feel a bit more free and a lot less congested. Now, after the 90 days are up, take a few minutes and write down how things feel. Maybe take a few pictures of your living space. And those will be great reminders in case you start to reacquire to the point of overflow. Now, in terms of an ongoing process, you can either keep going, two things a day, until you're just done to the point that you don't want or need to give anything else away. Or maybe you scale it back to two items every week or every two weeks. Uh, Or if you just say, you know what, that's it, I'm good. Then simply enjoy all that new openness and all that new space in your life as you have created it. Okay, tip number two, unsupportive beliefs. One of the greatest little personal games you can ever play is to challenge your beliefs and then let the unsupportive ones go. It is truly astounding how few of our beliefs come from reflection, contemplation, and personal assessment of the realities we have actually experienced. Most of our beliefs come from things other people have told us, usually when we're quite little, And the rest are predominantly from things we've seen in movies or TV shows or read-in-fiction books. The television and movie ones are often particularly skewed from reality because the goal of that type of entertainment is to create and release tension. And that adrenaline ride is what makes entertainment so entertaining. In order to do that, though, false realities of extreme proportions are created so that in a short amount of time— the viewer or reader gets a major emotional reaction. This often results in us taking on a belief which isn't based on real life. Like going back a whole bunch of years, there was this movie Jaws that came out in the 1970s, which was like a major, major thriller, probably the first big blockbuster movie. And of course, it created unbelievable drama around this shark thing that is so not based in actual reality. So if you ever want to get a sense of just how true this is as it relates to films, Read the actual story, especially a film that's been turned from a book, like an actual biography. Read the actual story of something from that biography state, which was then turned into the movie. And nine times out of ten, the details are hyperinflated or literally completely made up in some way in the film version to make the story more dramatic. Now, the process of challenging your beliefs is quite simple just monitor your thoughts a little bit. And the next time you find yourself taking a position on something, ask yourself why you believe whatever it is you're believing. With a non-judging, purely curious state of mind, dig deep enough until you can really explain to yourself where that belief comes from. Now, this can be something as simple as your belief about a food, whether it's good for you or not. Or maybe your belief's about a country, especially one you've never personally been to, and are the people from that country. Maybe it's health-related. Humanity has proven through experimentation that being out in cold air doesn't actually cause you to get sick, but it is still something I hear numerous times every year as the weather changes. Often our money beliefs are really interesting to question because those are very often instilled in us when we're young, from outside sources, and can dramatically influence our daily lives from a stress or satisfaction perspective depending on whether those beliefs are supportive or unsupportive. So again, with that non-judging, purely curious state of mind, dig deep enough until you can really explain to yourself where that belief comes from. Once you've gotten that far, ask yourself if you genuinely believe the belief, and you'll be amazed to discover how often the answer is no, or at least I'm not sure. As you get better and better at this, really take note, of the beliefs which pop up which are non-supportive. Now, they could be beliefs about making changes in your life or relationships. I mentioned money beliefs before. That's a good one to watch out for. could be child-rearing, ease of changing jobs or entire careers or beliefs regarding what you're capable of are all spectacular categories to watch out for. And as you assess each of them, allow yourself to let go of the ones which just aren't true especially the ones which aren't supporting you to live the life you really want to live. Now, a great one in this category is beliefs related to age. If you're 30 and wanting to put on a backpack and see the world, or you're 60 and wanting to start ballet lessons, it wouldn't surprise me if your belief system has lots of opinions about why that's not possible. But what is that belief really based on? If it's not our actual life experience, then time to open up our field of vision. And with a little searching, it's pretty easy to find plenty of examples of people who have done these things at those ages and a whole lot more. Now, this practice of letting go of our beliefs is one of those things which gets easier and easier with practice. So, I encourage you to start with a few small things and build into the bigger categories. You're going to love how freeing it is as you go one by one and get rid of beliefs that, in truth, you don't really even believe. All right, let's move on to tip number three, people. Every minute spent in negative energy is a minute that could have been spent in positive energy. And once those minutes are spent, you cannot get them back, ever, Under no circumstances, no matter how much we wish we could or how much money we have, it just isn't possible. This means the faster you let go of unsupportive negative people in your life, the more joy, less stress, and greater satisfaction you will have. At a minimum, you certainly end up with more alone time, which means you've at least gotten rid of the negative energy. Then it's up to you to decide if you're actually less stressed and find more satisfaction by having some quality alone time or if you want to instead fill those now available minutes with caring, positive, and supportive people who surround you with amazing energy. Probably in all likelihood, it's going to end up being a mix of those two. Now, an important thing to remember with letting go as it relates to people is that if your life is filled with negative people, it doesn't work well to leave the negative in place and hope to add the positive on top of that. It's kind of like trying to pour healthy juice into a glass that's pretty much full of toxic chemicals. First of all, there's not an infinite amount of room in your day or in that glass. You know, the healthy stuff won't fit if the glass is already full of the toxic. Second of all, even if some of it does fit, it's going to be heavily tainted by the toxic. So no matter how much we dream about it or say we wish it were so, if we want the positive, a big step in that is letting go of the negative to open up the space where the positive can reside. And this applies to, in terms of people, this applies to family relationships, applies to people at our work, clients, if you happen to be in an entrepreneurship position, business partners, friends, and all our other relationships as well. Now, a useful thought to keep in mind regarding this is think about a category of people connections that you have. Maybe it's your friends or something, again, like clients, if you're an entrepreneur, and think about how it feels to interact with people when it's effortless. There's no drama, there's no stress. You actually enjoy the interactions and you grow from them. Maybe they make you laugh or they inspire you. I have a buddy who I travel with once a year for some adventure travels. We've been doing this for decades and it is effortless travel. Everything from picking the destination during the planning phase to deciding where we're gonna eat each day is genuinely effortless. And the trips, therefore, are always full of great memories and Museum Day moments. And because of that, I look forward to those trips ahead of time. I love my time on the trips, and I reflect fondly on the experiences afterwards. It is the triple win. Now, to the contrary, I have traveled with other people where something as simple as picking a place to go to dinner at night is literally a 30-minute exercise in frustration. Now, it doesn't mean they're a bad person, It just means that in terms of having less stress and greater satisfaction in life, they're not the person I want to travel with. Okay, so little by little, or with a big change if that feels right, allow yourself to let go of those unsupportive and stress-creating people in your life. And notice the big difference it makes in how life feels. Fantastic. So that's my three tips, and I'll close with this final thought. Allowing ourselves to embrace the opportunity to let go is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves. So unwrap your version of that gift and enjoy all the great things that are going to follow. Thanks everybody. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening everyone. This episode has been brought to you by the fantastically awesome JS Audio Team. Produced by the talented and so darn fascinating Larry Hutter. All right, everybody, remember, life is short. Statistically, 28,900 days. So get out there and make this one a museum day.